Hello. Last week we started a new series of studies here on Search for Truth. This is your Bible study programme, of course, with teacher Brian Johnston. The title is a very good place to begin, with the title, that is, of this new series of talks. We're thinking of God's wonderful good news called the Gospel, and last time we began with the first principle of the Gospel, which is repentance on behalf of the believer, the prospective believer, and its uh, repentance is, of course, turning your life around. The purpose of this series of studies is to help us to see the progression in the whole gospel story. So while everything is included, nothing is distorted and it is all firmly based in Scripture. So, after repentance, there follows salvation, which is not by works, but solely by faith in Christ alone. Here's Brian. Thanks, John. In some parts of the world, serious crimes are punished by death. That is, criminals guilty of major crimes are still executed by the state in some parts of the world. In these areas, the guilty prisoners wait in cells on what's often referred to as death row. I can vividly recall being in one such country where the death sentence was still a reality for persons found guilty of drug trafficking offences. I picked up the daily newspaper one morning and read an article in which the prisoners themselves as they awaited execution, were called the living dead. That particular wording reminded me of a section of the New Testament of the Bible. It's from the Apostle Paul when writing to the Christian believers who were at first century Ephesus. It says this, Ephesians 2 from verse 1, And you were dead in your offences and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Notice how the Apostle Paul began that section. He addressed these Christian believers and frankly told them, you were dead, before later saying they'd been made alive with Christ. This is the core truth of the Christian message found in the Bible. It's hope for the hopeless, help for the helpless, and life from the dead. To qualify for it, you have to be prepared to see yourself as hopeless, helpless and dead in God's sight. And you're not alone. That's in fact the natural state of every human on the planet. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6 in verse 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, our maker and judge, has pronounced sentence. And it's a death sentence 
we're all guilty before a holy God as a result of the sins each one of us commits. The wages of sin is death. We're all on death row. If you've never yet reached out to God as a helpless sinner and trusted in the sacrifice of Jesus after having turned away from your sins, then you're one of the living dead in this world. In the late 1990s, in Philadelphia, USA, firemen were called out to a domestic house blaze, believed to have been started by an extension cord. It was extinguished in 10 minutes, but the room where the fire began was gutted. It had been a newborn child's bedroom, and although the 10-day-old child had last been seen in that room, no body was found. Fire investigators concluded that the infant's body must have been consumed by the intense heat and flames. Now, let's fast forward in time to a family birthday party in Philadelphia six years later, where family and friends were in attendance. The mother, who had lost her baby daughter in that fire six years before, was there, and she found herself staring at a six-year-old girl who was also at that same party. Later, she would tell the police she instantly knew she was gazing at the face of her long-lost daughter. To prove it, she approached the girl, pretended there was gum in her hair, and removed five strands. DNA tests confirmed the mother's intuition. It was, in fact, her long-lost child. The truth then began to unfold. Six years before, a family acquaintance who had announced that she was pregnant had visited the new mother and her day-old daughter. She then abruptly ceased contact after the tragic blaze. Police came to believe she had snatched her friend's newborn daughter and then torched the family's house to cover her tracks. You know, it's hard to imagine how that mother felt as she was reunited with her daughter. At first, the shattering grief at such a tragic death. That had been the verdict of the experts. If there had been room in her mind for any doubt at that time, surely it had been numbed by the shock of this horrific episode. There would have followed years of bereavement and attempts to come to terms with what had happened. Then after six years, unbelievable joy. Amazing and wonderful as that must have been, it doesn't begin to compare with the spiritual reality of a dead sinner made spiritually alive through faith in Jesus Christ and with the sure knowledge that all of his or her sins are forgiven forever. You know, many people want to know how their sins can be forgiven. When you ask anyone if they have a home in heaven, that person will typically say, well, I hope so. Almost always, this is because they believe it's based on their performance. Have they lived a good life? Have they done enough? Have they earned it? But let's return to the implication of the fact that the Bible declares us to be dead in our sins, in God's sight, until we throw ourselves upon his mercy. Now, imagine with me someone has died. The doctor arrives too late. Suppose he takes out his bottles of medicine and various tablets and begs the now dead patient to take two tablets every hour. We know this is crazy because a dead person cannot take any tablets to help himself. But here's the serious side. Remember what we've read from the pages of the Bible earlier. In God's sight, 
because of our sins, we are dead even while we live physically. To be cured or forgiven from our sins, we cannot help ourselves by doing any good religious works. Let me share with you what I think is the biggest lie in the world. It affects people of different religious persuasions. It basically comes down to this. People say, when you appear before God, he's going to weigh up all the good you've ever done, as well as all the bad you've ever done. And if the good outweighs the bad, he'll let you into heaven. That is an absolute lie. And here's the reason. Dead persons can do no good works before God. Let's hear it once again from the Bible. And you were dead in your offences and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world. We too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 9. Salvation from the judgment of God on account of the sins we've committed is all by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son who gave his life to settle our debt and pay for our sins before God. Salvation is not by works, but only by God's grace. Salvation has to be by God's grace for the reason we've been repeating. And that is, we are the living dead of the planet until we come to Christ for the salvation he freely offers us through his once for all sacrifice for us on the cross. Salvation is from the Lord, the Bible book of Jonah says. It's from God alone through Christ's work. We are helpless, dead, can do nothing. It's Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. God gives new life in Jesus, to all who call on him to be saved from their sin's judgment. In personal, sincere faith, please call on the Lord to make you alive and make you his child. We say again that we are saved by God's grace alone, in Christ alone, through faith alone. Dead sinners need to be made alive and born again into a living hope by believing on Jesus. Now, here's something to take away and think about, and I hope you will do. If we are born only once, we will die twice. That's ordinary death, and then the second death, which the Bible says is the lake of fire. But if we are born twice, we'll only die once. And that at most, if we die naturally before Jesus returns.
As usual, let me remind you how you can freely receive a transcript book of all the talks in this series. First, it's available online and you can obtain it by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and request a hard copy book. Just ask for the title, A Good Place to Begin. Oh, and don't forget to include your postal address so we know where to send it. And you can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Button Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, I'm delighted you've been able to join us today, and I hope you enjoyed the study. If you've got any questions, Brian's always on hand to help. Just write in to sft at churchesofgod.info with your question or comment. Many thanks again then for the pleasure of your company today. We really appreciate your interest in these programmes and I look forward to you joining me again next time for the next study. This time it's about the deity of Christ, the fact that he was fully God as well as man. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. <laughs>